This is Radiate, the podcast that celebrates life and shines a light on life-restoring stories of organ, tissue and eye donors, recipients, and information you need to know about donation. Welcome back to Episode 8 of Radiate. I'm Audrey Coleman, your host. Thank you for joining us today. My guest today is Dr. Terry Cox. Dr. Cox is the owner of Cox Consulting, where she provides services to individuals and organizations to empower them through coaching and communications. Dr. Cox is also a member of the Aurora Advisory Council, and she's also a volunteer trainer for us. As we approach the holiday season, we can begin feeling our losses more keenly. Today, the the pandemic requires us to live more separately and we have less human contact. For donor families and anyone who has lost a loved one, this lack of contact is a a change from the norm. So Dr. Cox and I are going to discuss how we can all learn to accept and deal with unexpected change and loss in our lives, and especially now during the holidays. Hi, Dr. Cox. Thank you for speaking with us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be with you all today. So before we get into the topic of the day, Can you just tell us a little bit about your connection, if any, to donation and how you began working with Aurora? Absolutely. So um, I'm part of a donor recipient family and a donor giver family. So um, my late sister, Lisa, was one of the original kidney transplant patients in the state of Arkansas. And we got to spend 15 extra years with her Mm. because um, of the kindness of donation. And so I covet those days of um, great memories. And I'm um, excited to be able to have had that journey and opportunity. Um, And then my late husband, Daryl, was a bone and tissue donor upon his death and was able to impact and change lives. And um, while it was an incredible loss for me, I'm also grateful um, and excited that he was able to pay it forward. I'm really excited that you're here. I think that you're going to have a lot of good information um, based on your own experiences that you can share with not only our donor families, but all of our listeners who are experiencing any sort of um, change or 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 stress distress during during this period. So so Dr. Cox, if we could let's let's talk about unexpected change, especially change that occurs due to a loss. And I know that this is a big topic, but what are some things that we can do? to deal with change and loss? I think there's a couple of very practical things, but they come out of knowing and understanding that um, when big change occurs, most of us as human beings push back against it. Um, and so we get this thing called change fatigue, and I'm mm. sure that that's happened some during COVID um, as you've tried to get used to a new normal and now you're just tired of the, the way things are and you want them to go back to the way they were before pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And, um, so change fatigue 
fatigue is something that happens for us. When large changes happen very practically, we need to do what we can do to center ourselves and ground ourselves. So for me, what I mean by that is um, I am a water person. And so being next to water, close to water helps kind of center my my being and grounds me. Um, It kind of brings me back to nature and helps me breathe. And so that's a very practical thing that I can do to help center myself. Um, When change happens, our brain is off balance and it's looking for a way to normalize. And so whatever we can do to help um, our brain find a normal situation um, will help it experience um, the change with less trauma around it. Um, That's super hard, though, when we experience a death and loss of that magnitude. So our brain is grappling for a new normal almost every day and the normal keeps changing. And so um, it's harder for us to find firm ground, um, but making sure we are taking care of our health and well-being. In other words, we're eating right, we're sleeping, um, we're getting our water intake, um, doing the things that we can to physically care for our body and then finding places that ground us and keep us um, centered. So how how would someone go about learning to do these things or it seems that if you if you don't if you're not doing them, um, I mean, how how would you learn to to do some of the to use some of these techniques that you're speaking of? So a couple of things. Um, first, know thine own self. In other words, we've got to begin to understand who we are at our core and what helps us um, feel like we're being cared for. Mm-hmm. Rather, it's a fuzzy blanket on the edge of the couch that we can wrap up in, and um, every time we put that blanket over us, we know it's going to provide us comfort, like those. Mm-hmm. little little tiny things Um, but there's also habits that we can make um, to remind us that we need to take care of ourselves. and so I need to set a water bottle out so I remember to grab that on the way out the door so that I drink my water I Mm. need healthy snacks around so that I'm not grabbing for a last minute whatever when I finally realize that I'm hungry Um, and I need to be intentional about taking those things along with me it might also be um learning um, like who we are in in the core of ourselves. If you're a faith-based person, then maybe you dive deeper into your faith and um, that helps center and ground you Um, in meditation, helping you just um, slow your mind down, slow your body down and help process and then being intentional about what you put around yourself, like those healthy snacks and um, water and just maybe your your journal or your Bible or a good book that brings you comfort. So keeping those things close at hand will help us remember to do those habits. You know, I was thinking that right now, um, donor families are cl- are clearly a little bit more vulnerable to um, these feelings of, of, you know, less positive feelings this time of the year, obviously, um, they've lost someone. Everyone who's lost someone is subject to feeling not quite themselves during this during this period. But this is an exceptional time where there are even more people, more of us are being affected by a sense of loss or isolation. Um, we're being advised to to not travel, to not gather. How do you think, what advice, I guess, would you give to people who are trying to figure out how to make the holidays meaningful? I have two things. First of all, I would say find a way to honor. And secondly, I would say find a way to connect. So Mm -hmm. 
Those are the two things. And let's explore those a little bit more. Finding a way to honor. Honoring requires us to do an action. Mm-hmm. If I miss someone and I truly miss them, um, I can become overwhelmed by those feelings of loss and loneliness and missing them. But if I miss them and find a way to honor, it requires me to do something. So um, honoring can be, uh, you know, planting a tree or um, planting a garden or building a bench or being intentional to make their favorite dessert over the holidays or inviting people to send us a card that shares a memory of our loved one. Um, When we're taking action behind remembering, then we find ways to honor. Um, So that honoring piece helps us move through the grief because we have an action of, instead of just sitting in the grief. Now, in very active grief, there are times and seasons when we just sit in it and there are days when we wallow in it because it's all we can do to just breathe. And I get that and I understand that and I've lived those days. Mm-hmm. But there are um, it becomes a red flag when we have so many of those days. If those days turn into years, there's a problem. Um, And so we have to begin to move through the grief and through the sorrow by finding ways to honor and remember um, while we're we're still moving forward. So honoring the past while moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And then intentionally connect Mm -hmm. means that even in this time of a pandemic where we're being told not to gather in large groups, you know, Mm -hmm to where you've always gone to for holidays, um, find a way to zoom in or FaceTime in or um, see people's faces or connect with their voices. Maybe, you know, you get on the phone for 45 minutes and bake a pie with your family member who's in another, mm. but you guys do that together at the same mm-hmm. time. And so, you know, you know, that pecan pie or that pumpkin pie is going in the oven at the same time. And you've connected over this experience, even if you can't see them face to face, Right. be intentional about connecting um, and be intentional about honoring. It's what we want to do when we're in a deep grief is just isolate and cover up. Um, yes. Be like a roly poly that kind of just goes into its shell and, um, we have to be purposeful to not um, to not do that. And, you know, I was thinking there is, you know, in addition to just the sense of um, loss or sadness um, or grief that many people are experiencing, there's also for some people a layer of guilt that they also feel. Um, some people might call it survivor's guilt. Um, I, I've, I've even heard, um, and, and the survivor's guilt, guilt now I think has taken on a different meaning it's not just that you lived and somebody else died it could be you have your job and someone else lost theirs or you know you you have your family with you in your home and other people are having to live alone and separate so what are some techniques what's some advice for dealing with that kind of of guilt that's kind of like free free formed not really that you can direct toward anything and to particular, but just the sense that maybe you shouldn't, you're not entitled to have all of these great things happening to you during such a terribly difficult time. What's some advice for dealing with that kind of guilt? Well, I would say people who live in a faith-based world need to remember that um, grief is never of God. Um, And so that's a very practical, like remembering grief is not something that you're meant, or guilt is not something that you are meant to 
to carry. Um, so let me back up and be really clear. What I meant to say was guilt is never of God. Um, and so it's that it's that toiling with something that you can't change um, that that causes us to have guilt, right? Um, now, there are things that we bring upon ourselves and our own action causes us to have guilt. But if we can control circumstances when we know better, we should do better. And so put micro habits into place to help become um, better and, and intentional about moving through um, if you have guilt around something that you can change. But for things that we cannot change, they'll eat us up with mm. guilt if we, um, if we jump on that bandwagon of what if or um, uh, what could have happened. So in survivor's um, guilt, one of the things that we need to be aware of is that most of the time um, there's not a lot we can do to control um, the circumstances around. In other words, if somebody has lost their job during COVID, but I was able to keep mine, I can't change the fact that they lost their job but I can do my job with excellence and then be a helping hand to them when mm -hmm. I have the opportunity to be able to do that. And so serving other people can help me move past guilt, understanding that um, guilt is often coupled with shame as an emotion mm -hmm. um, and being aware that um, guilt and shame can be very unproductive emotions if we allow them to smother us. Right. Right. So I want to be purposeful about moving through and doing better on what I can do better on. Um, but I also want to recognize very purposefully that sometimes I can't control what I'm feeling guilty or shameful about. And so um, at some point I have to lay that burden down and just um, just do different things to move through that season. And And you're right. There is sort of this the shame that goes that goes along for some people with with guilt um, and that can be very difficult for people to to overcome and without assistance as well huge proponent for making sure that um, as part of knowing thine own self when when you know that you can't help dig yourself out of a situation that you're intentional about reaching out to other people and if you know um, that that what you're asking other people to take on for you may be more than they can bear that you reach up and grab for professional assistance, right? Yes. There should never be guilt or shame around having to ask for medical or psychological assistance. Um, those kinds of things uh, have from from old school trains of thought that that means that I'm weak or in a, unreal trains of thought that that means I'm, that I'm weak and it doesn't. It means that I'm smart enough to know when I'm in over my head and that it's okay um, to have people who can help me through that different season or that walk. Um, and then I should take care of myself. If I were a diabetic, I wouldn't go without insulin. And so if I need to change something inside the wiring of my mind or my emotions for a season, I need to reach out for that assistance. I just have one other question. Uh, if, if you are aware of someone, your family or your friends, who you believe um, is, is suffering alone and could use some assistance, some emotional, mental um, health assistance, how would you advise that they go about um, helping that friend or family member find it? 
Well, remember that there is um, a big impact when we have those heavy kinds of conversations. And so the first thing I would say is pick your timing um, and then choose your words very carefully and make sure that what you do doesn't come out of a point of frustration or anger with someone where you want to kind of shake them and wake them up to what they need. Um, so, so that it comes out of a point of grace and love. Um, and so what we want to do is connect people that, that we care about to individuals who can help them. But in order for them to be able to receive that help, they have to hear our conversation through um, ears, mm-hmm. um, have been pierced with some love and some understanding. And so um, if we're frustrated with people because we feel like they're not taking care of themselves and we say, you know, out of an anger um, place or out of sharp words, you just need to go get help, that um, is not going to be received well. And so pick your timing, pick your words, pick your tone. Um, And then I would say make sure you have enough trust in that person's bank to be the person having the conversation with them. So if I don't know someone um, like very deeply, then I may take um, someone who knows them better or a family member with me to have that conversation, just to approach them as two people and say, look, we're really concerned about you. And here's some red flags we're seeing. Would you help us? Or would you allow us to get you some help? Um, So making sure you have deep relationship and that you choose your timing and your words and your tone very carefully. And then, of course, pick good people to send them to. Well, thank you very much for this uh, excellent advice, Dr. Cox. Um, You know, we know that you are very deeply committed to the health and well-being of others and that you're also very committed to restoring lives through donation. And we're very happy to have you as a member of our advisory council helping us to support the our mission um so i'd like to ask you though before we go what 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 would you say to a listener who might be interested in registering to become a donor but has not done it yet i would say um do what you can to leave a legacy for other people that changes lives forever and understand that that's what organ donation does Um, it is a way to make sure that the very best life is given to other human beings around us. And so I'm a champion for the cause. And I fully believe that, um, what we choose to do in this regard, um, impacts generations. And so give and as a way to honor what you have been given and to honor people who are left behind. So well said, Dr. Cox. Thank you so much. And and we hope that you have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You all have a happy Thanksgiving and stay safe. Thank you. And all of us at Radiate wish you and everyone, our listeners, a safe and happy Thanksgiving as well. And if you have any questions for us, please call 501-907-9150. And if you're ready to make a life-restoring decision and register to become an organ, tissue, and eye donor, go to DonateLifeArkansas.org. Radiate is a production of Aurora and is hosted by Audrey Coleman, Aurora's Director of Communications. Copyright 2020.